Subita's world. It's just like your world, except when it's not. Welcome. I think this is season 11, episode 10, if I'm not mistaken. I should just double check that. But welcome to episode 10, in which I have decided to call it I finally need to buy oregano. I know, ground shaking, like earth shattering, right? Like, what the? But what you should know is, is that I haven't bought oregano in years. And I cook a lot of shit with oregano in it. Like, I like Italian food. And like every Italian dish on the planet has oregano. Plus, I make a lot of soups and stews. Um, I throw it in there. Uh, Oregano goes in my chili recipe. Like, I could go on and on, much like, you know, like Forrest Gump with the shrimp, you know, shrimp gumbo, you know, you know, lemon butter shrimp, shrimp fried shrimp, popcorn shrimp, like I could do that with oregano all night long. And why, why, oh, why do I have so much oregano? Well, that's a really legitimate question. Um, Let's dive deeper into that. You're going to like this. We're going to talk to two of my girlfriends. We're going to find out what the story is behind this oregano thing. Let's uh, pause for a second and get them hooked up. So as promised, I've got two of my bestest girlfriends on the phone. Uh, ladies, I was trying to explain to the Zubita's World audience why it's such a big deal that I'm finally ready to buy oregano. I'm almost out of oregano yeah. after like, what, six, seven, eight years? When, when did we go to Turkey? Oh, wait, I have like, I have a book here that tells Yes, what does your book say? I thought it was 2013, am I wrong? Yeah. I think you're right. Um, oh, well, baby, I did put, uh, yeah, 2000, March of 2013. March of 2013. So at this point, what we're talking about is almost eight years since I bought oregano. Um, we went to the famed Istanbul spice market and shopped and all bought things. And Zubida mistakenly bought a kilogram of oregano, not really understanding like how much that was because it's all fluffed out and big. And so I don't know. Do either of you ladies remember what that looked like when it was all packed up and compressed? Yeah, because the kilo, let's remind ourselves, it's 2.2 pounds. Right. Well, I mean, I didn't really realize that. And it's not like they show you that. Like they just say it. And again, there is a a language barrier because we didn't know Turkish and they're not speaking English for the most part. It's pretty broken. And I just remember we were like, sure, the biggest one you got. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and and you bought, and princess, you bought cinnamon. (laughs) And remember you, we bought the same weight. You bought, we saw the same weight of cinnamon to oregano and your packet of cinnamon was what? The size of a baseball it was a little bit bigger than that. I was really in awe, too, of the amount of cinnamon I got. But it was not as impressive as your oregano because they couldn't – they did, like um, – what is that? Like like remove air from the package. Vacuum seal it. And they couldn't get – of course, they got mine much more tighter than they got yours. Um, but, but it looked it like a big football. amount of cinnamon. I, I mean, I just threw mine away, and I didn't even go through, like – I don't know, an eighth of the amount of cinnamon I had. I mean, I'm not a huge consum- like consumer of cinnamon. Um, 
I don't even know what I was thinking. I was just like, sure. And it was so cheap. And I was just like, you know, again, we were just fumbling through that market. Um, and it was like, what spice can I buy? Because I have to buy something. Right. And, and But do we need to, like, address the elephant in the room? What does a kilogram of oregano look like? Well, uh, marijuana. marijuana. And that was the other thing. <laughs> And we were in Istanbul, and we needed to fly home <laughs> through many yeah, airports. Yeah, that, that was the first time I've really been international. I mean, I've been to Jamaica. And so since I was, like, the newbie, you guys were like, I think you need to take it, Dawn. And also because I had the most room in my suitcase. Yes. You guys don't know how to pack. I don't know what happened. You didn't bring that. pants, remember? Um, no, I brought plenty of pants evidently you guys are like spirit travelers that you don't know how to pack a suitcase um so you guys kept trying to pod this oregano which i knew that they knew that it would be oregano i mean they're not stupid but again we were in turkey and i didn't know what kind of shenanigans they were going to try to pull <laughs> so i was like i i don't want that in my suitcase you know? nobody would I take it want- i had to carry it Right. No one wants to have to deal with that headache of them even trying no. to pretend that it was something that it you wasn't. Can't, you can't buy that and then pawn it off on your friends. I don't know why I didn't have room in my suitcase. I had to carry it everywhere as a carry-on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> carry it on. Which made it even more suspicious. Which made it even more suspicious that Zubida's, like, got a kilogram of oregano underneath her arm, like, through, like, 13 airports, on and off planes, and cross borders. Yeah, that's not shady at all. Did you, did you give that, a, uh, like, some of it as gifts? to people or did you just use all of that no i wanted to give it as gifts to people and everyone refuted my offer i was like would you like oregano and everyone went no thank you i've spent eight years and after eight long years i'm probably two weeks away an estimated two weeks away month out month tops from using 2.2 pounds of oregano did it use did it lose any flavor well i actually like special stored it so that i would like it wasn't just in a canister on my shelf like i did you vacuum seal it i vacuum sealed and froze a lot of it and kept on thawing it so even more suspiciously for eight years if you opened up my freezer you could find like (laughs) bags of frozen oregano That's not shady at all. Really dedicated dedicated to that oregano. Like, I don't know anything more shady than if I stored my baby powder in a Ziploc bag in the tank of my toilet. That didn't even get a laugh. I don't understand. Did you you, you end up declaring it? Did you declare it when you came back? I I mean, I'm assuming I did. I don't know. That was eight years ago. No big deal. And like, nobody stopped uh, me. Nobody looked at it. Nobody asked about it. Nobody. I, mean, I think people were looking at you more like, why is this woman carrying around a bag of oregano? But other than that. Yeah, other than the gross stupidity around it. I mean, maybe they were like, those stupid tourists, we love you, dropping useless money on thing like on 2.2 pounds of a spice. You'll never use all that. Well, joke's on them. I'm a week, I'm three weeks away from finishing that fucking oregano. 
So, so that was a fun trip. It was a long time ago, and it seems like it was a Man, very there, very. There's so many stories that came out of that trip. I mean, it really is surprising that we weren't taken away or kidnapped. Um, <laughs> I mean, because really, once we got back, it was Are like three weeks later. That's when, like, Istanbul went in. Yeah. No, it wasn't three weeks, honey. Like, three days after we landed, they were rioting in the streets of Istanbul because we were looking at television footage like, hey, isn't that the street where I bought the CD of Turkish music? Right. Yeah, I remember that night. It was crazy. Yeah. That, yeah, but... That's why I thought you packed no pants. That was the joke of the trip because even the woman at the ticket counter in Chicago O'Hare Airport, like the guy, when you showed him your bag, he was like, is this all? And we all laughed at you. I know because I even had the lightest bag. You had the teeny tiniest little bag on the planet, and that's why we said you had no pants. You're a pro. You're a pro. (laughs) I have to say, I'm looking through my picture book I made, and Donna's wearing pants in every single photo. Pants. It's not like I wore the same. Really, pants. it's not the same I pants. I wore different pants every day. Definitely had at least a black and jeans. <laughs> black pants and jeans. I can vouch for that. <laughs> well, while we're on the subject though of spices, though, to kind of round this out and make a theme into a theme, like I'll ask each of you, like if you had to, if I said, uh, if I said. You must buy 2.2 pounds of a spice. Like, what would, and you can't throw it away. You've got to use it until it's all gone. What spice would that be? I mean, if I didn't, if I could go back in time, I would have bought pepper, not oregano. I peppered yeah, the shit out of stuff. Like, salt or pepper? Salt pepper is what I probably got the most through, right? Yeah. Per pound. All right, well, if salt or pepper is too easy of an answer, taking salt. I do a lot of, I'm with Dawn on the cinnamon because I I make my own granola and I make a lot of things with cinnamon. Like I I make a lot of oatmeal. Cinnamon is easy to get rid of too. Well, I should have given you my cinnamon. (laughs) (laughs) Evidently, I just don't use that much. I mean, a a teaspoon at a time, it just doesn't go that quickly when you have a kilo. (laughs) When you have a kilo of cinnamon. I don't want a kilo of anything because I don't go through it so much. <laughs> I'd rather buy, like, my spices. I want spices to last, like, a year or so. Right. I know. Yeah, you're only supposed to have spices for, like, what, six months or something? I, so. I know, but just so you know, that's the... last a year or two, but you don't want them forever, yeah. No, you don't. But just so you know, I'm renaming the episode. After hearing you say, I don't want a kilo of anything, I was like, oh, my God, that's the title of this episode. <laughs> Spoiler alert, because I've renamed the episode, I think we're going to start it all over again. Like, not with the intro music, but I mean, like, the my introduction to it. I, I, I feel like I owe it to you, the audience, to, you know, do it all over again. But then, does that mean I have to replay that phone call? Season 11, episode 10. I don't want a kilogram of anything. Ha <laughs> ha. See, that's way better. That's a way better intro. Now, let me uh, give you a little like tutorial on the biz, the business of podcasting and production and all that good stuff. See, and a difference between like amateur and professional. 
Now, a professional, after coming up with that inspiration while talking to her girlfriends about, you know, spices and all that good stuff, and coming up with and being inspired by something my friend said and saying, yes, that's the correct name for the episode. See, a seasoned professional would have gone back then after the phone call, after kind of cutting it down, doing whatever, would have gone back, re-recorded the introduction, uh-huh, uh-huh, inserted it in, removed the other part of it out, and you, the listener, would have never, ever, ever known that, like, there used to be something and there wasn't. But there's a few things that you should know. Number one, I'm an amateur. I'm not a professional. I'm a very proud amateur. I like to think of myself as, like, the Olympian of amateurs when it comes to podcasting. I mean, that's pretty fucking good. I could... I don't know that I'm a gold medalist yet because I need more than, like, 32 listeners. But, like, one day, man, one day. But the other part of this is, is aside from my amateur status, um, there's a lazy factor. Let's not... Uh, undersell that one. I mean, I'm high-functioning lazy, but man, oh man, come on. I mean, you're used to these shenanigans, so why should I have to go back? Plus, I mean, what else was I going to talk about content-wise? Ah, that's not true. I can always come up with content. Maybe not good content. I mean, I guess you would have to tell me if you think the content's good or bad or you'd rather hear this. But then again, number three of why I feel like I needed to keep it the way it was was is that I feel like that way this has a very organic behind-the-scenes look. Like, you know what it was originally going to be called. You saw how the show evolved, the episode evolved, I evolved. I evolved. It's like we're growing together. Isn't that special? I mean, that's what we need more of in this world. We need ways for us to connect and grow and like hold hands and have fluffy puppies and see more rainbows. Like those are the things that definitely like would make the world a better place. Like and it's so much so that I feel like it's time for me to like do some kind of do 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 oh I, I was thinking more of like a school kiddish kind of little peppy song, but I'm gonna have to like put pause and like find a better episode like find a better uh, setting for my keyboard than what we got going right now, which is some kind of arcade-like sounding. Here, let's hear it again. I mean, it's way cool, right? But not really what I was going with. I was more going with like a skipping down the road and like hearkening back to the days of old. And hold on, I'm going to find something that'll like get us there. I thought I'd take us back to the days of our childhood. Or at least my childhood. Supita's childhood involved the Girl Scouts. And it involved Girl Scout Camp. And Girl Scout Camp involved songs. Very, very silly songs that were fun to sing as a group. And one of the songs that to this day I remember... I decided that since we're talking about, I was looking for a song and the kids and blah, blah, that I'm going to make you listen to me sing. It's a very short song. There's like 10,000 verses in each verse. You like talk differently, but like, I'm only going to do like a little bit of it. Um, are you ready? Fried ham, fried ham, cheese and bologna. After the macaroni, we'll have onions, pickles, and pretzels. Then we'll have some more fried ham, fried ham. Second, first, same as the first. Just a, only a little bit worse. Fried ham, fried ham, cheese and bologna. After the macaroni. Okay, you get the idea. <laughs> 
There is another song that I also remember. Um, and my apologies if any of Zubita's World listeners are uh, survivors of the Titanic or relatives of the survivors of the Titanic. I do not mean to in any way trivialize that terrible tragedy. Um, but here's the song. Oh, there was a ship Titanic, it sailed the ocean blue, and there was no way the water would ever go through. It was on its maiden trip when an iceberg struck the ship. It was sad when the great ship went down. Oh, it was sad, so sad. It was sad, too bad. It was sad when the great ship went down to the bottom of the husbands and wives, little children lost their lives. It was sad when the great ship went down, 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 down to the bottom of the sea. See, aren't you glad I didn't wrap up with the oregano bit? Like, you would have totally missed out on these terrible songs. And I know if any of you have uh, children in scouting, you're going to start questioning, what exactly are you people doing in the scouts? Like, what are you teaching my children? Are you teaching them bizarro, worthless, silly little songs? And if they are, good on them, man. It makes them laugh, and it's fun, and they'll take it with them the rest of their lives. Like, personally, in addition to, like, the daily dance party, maybe, just maybe, all of you should consider once in a while busting out into a silly song. Like, that, I already feel better for doing it right now. And, like, there's lots of things going on in the world right now. Um, and... Because what is today? Today is Tuesday, January 12th. I don't even begin to want to talk about it because they're horrible and terrible and my heart breaks and I have all kinds of like anxiety and, and, and any number of other things. And that's not the place of this podcast right now. Like I'm choosing to not like full on bring that into this podcast. So instead I want to, I mean, really think about ways to celebrate, again, community I, I look at, you know, I think about the two wonderful, beautiful women um, that you heard at the start of this episode. Um, I traveled with them and several others to Turkey, um, and we had a wonderful time, and we learned about the culture, and we saw beautiful things and met wonderful people, um, and a different group of people. Some overlap. Um, another group, we went to Romania one year, and that was amazing. And if you will, I'm going to take a moment um, – and talk to you for a second. I, we actually were in the city of uh, Brajov, and we were walking down the street. We were we had just left our hotel, I think, and an older gentleman overheard us speaking. And I don't know if he was walking or driving, but he stopped and he came over and spoke to us. And he was very excited. We spoke English. He had taught himself English, and he introduced himself. We spoke for a few minutes, and we decided to issue an invitation. We invited him and his wife to join us at our hotel later that evening for wine and to just get to know each other and have conversation. And I have to tell you, that was some of the best moments of my life, like hearing, you know, exchanging stories and listening to this man. Um, I really want to get um, Big Daddy Cruz on the phone. Um, he was the one who the, the gentleman walked up to. It was his brilliant idea, uh, you know, out of the gate to say, please come and meet with us. Let's see if we can get Cruz here on the phone. Hey, honey. Hey, what's up, babe? 
Hey. I'm thinking about you. You were. Oh, man. Well, my timing's good. Hey, I was just thinking about um, our trip to Romania and that man who heard us speaking English and came up to talk to you. Right. It was awesome. I mean, he had some crazy stories. Yeah. I'm sorry, what? Cocacy? Cocacy Attila? Was that his name? Yeah. Oh, wow. You still remember his name? I'm Facebook friends with him. Yeah, you are. Do you ever talk to him? Yeah. Uh, It's a little thing. Uh, He's like, so none of you have your own business, and we're trying to explain to him, well, you know, it's better if you could find a good job. And not worry about surviving, especially if, if we had our own business in an economy like this. Right. And, you know, surviving and, you know, you get a good job with good insurance, you know, lots of times that's a better avenue to go to live the American dream. Yes. Yeah, I just remember some of his stories about, you know, what it was like to live when Ceausescu was, you know. Yeah, man. It was in power. Just the line. I remember what we said. What's the biggest difference between now and and then? And he said that he doesn't stand in nearly as many lines. Lines, you know, for, you know, you hear a rumor that the store might have eggs. And so you stand in line for four hours. Get in the line, right. You're like, well, it wasn't eggs. Turns out it was. It was jam. Yeah, it was jam. So I have a. I got us a jar of jam. Yes. Yeah, and how he got in trouble because they found a rock and like he was what was it he something to do with the sixties rock and American rock and roll. Yeah, right, right. Was he doing a was he like on a radio though? No, I think he had like an underground like student newspaper. Yeah, oh, that's what it was. Okay, the underground student newspaper. Yeah, when he was like seventeen or eighteen. Right. Yeah, and then his family got trouble because they went visited other family. In Hungary. Back. Yeah, right. Yes, and his and his mother was taken away for questioning for several days because she told right. coworkers that there was food on the shelves in the store in yeah, Hungary. Right. And it's like, no, there are no food on the shelf. Yeah, so it was very uh, kind of 1984, like... Yeah. Wow. Wow, indeed. It's getting late in Subita's world, so... I'm just going to share one more short story with you continuing on this theme. When I was in India about four years ago, one night at the hotel, it was late. I I was restless. I was up. I couldn't sleep. And I went outside and it was the middle of the night. I mean, it was past midnight and I wanted to smoke. So I was walking down and kind of wanted to be away from the front entryway. So I headed out along the side of the building and found myself following this little stone path, kind of winding through some foliage. And it got darker and darker. I mean, it was dark outside, but there was less and less lighting. And there was this little alcove and that was really just shrouded in darkness. And I entered it to sit down to have my smoke and realized that across the way on this alcove was another person. It was this man sitting and smoking in silence. And I sat down and after a minute or two, um, 
we broke the silence. We introduced ourselves. He was a gentleman who was from Sweden and was in India for business, extended business. And he talked about, and we ended up having an interesting conversation. As it turns out, he spent a lot of time in Thailand and in Southeast Asia and Thailand in particular. And one of the things that he was talking about was, you may or may not remember, but a few years ago, oh gosh, early 2000s maybe, and shame on me, I should look it up. But there was a terrible, terrible tsunami um, that impacted lots of Southeast Asia. There was an incredible movie actually made about a family's experience, um, and it's a true story, uh, the movie called The Impossible. If you haven't seen it, I encourage you to do so. But in this, he talked about how, and the tsunami occurred on Christmas Day, um, but he talked about how he himself was on a dock. He was actually on a boat, a small boat, um, performing some small engine repair on the boat. Um, when, you know, you know, the birds and the noise and the warning, and he looked and he saw this terrible wave approaching and he jumped off the boat and he ran down the dock and was running inland and, and he was a little bit luckier from where on the way the inlet was in the dock. Um, but he still, he got swept up in the water and the debris and, 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 and the like, and was, you know, only luckily sustained minor injuries, um, cuts, bruises and the like, um, you know, avoided drowning, obviously lived, um, the, just the area was decimated and in the coming days and weeks, it was just terrible. I mean, think about it. I mean, he was just talking about it and he had something like, oh gosh, I mean, you know, a handful of close friends, you know, we all have a, our own little group and he was talking about six or eight people maybe, um, that were kind of his, his posse and all but like two of them died. I mean, it was a terrible, terrible day for him, for so many people. And here we are, two strangers in India, neither of us from India, um, having this very personal, very intimate story about a very terrible experience that he's talking to me about it. And, you know, and his voice is just so soft and, you know, the world is covered in darkness and it just seemed like it was just him and I. And he told me that ever since then, he celebrated his birthday on two days. I mean, can you imagine that? Most people don't even like to celebrate their birthday on one day. And here's a man who celebrates it on two days, his actual day that he was born and the day that he lived and his friends died. I mean, think about that for a moment. I mean, and here we are, we don't even know each other. I have a picture of him somewhere, if I go back and look through my things. Um, but I don't even know his name. We didn't connect on social media. We didn't exchange business cards. I mean, he lives in this photograph. He lives in my memory of this story. He lives on this podcast as I share this story. But in that moment, we connected on a human level. And I just... 
I can't encourage all of you out there enough. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you believe. I don't care where you live or who you pray to or don't pray to. What I'm saying is, is that I think that it is incumbent upon us as human beings, as citizens on this world, um, to find connections to our fellow inhabitants, our, 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 the people who are taking this journey through life, the people we encounter out there. Um, I, I would encourage you all just as you approach your days going forward to find yourself opening yourself up to other people, like hear what they have to say. Everybody wants to be heard and everybody's got a story and everybody's story is compelling Yours is, mine is, everybody's is. And I think that the more that we can look for those connections, I think the better that this world is going to be. So, and that sounds like a much more practical thing to encourage than maybe a daily dance party. Um, Although I'd like to not downplay the daily dance party. Um, I bring levity to this moment of seriousness, but I, I, I speak from the heart on this one. So, From me to you, whoever you are out there, I wish you peace. I wish you love. And I thank you very much for taking this time to uh, briefly visit with me and my friends in Zubita's world.